0: was able to see it. Are you uh, appreciating light today? I don't know about you or what time your power went off, but mine went off at 830 last night and we expected to have no voice amplification even uh, here today, but Steve, when I got here this morning, uh, reminded me that we have a couple of amplifiers that are battery operated. So, um, Steve, thank you wherever you are. You're good at your job, man. It's so funny how accustomed we become. I mean, I've grown up with uh, uh, all the electrical comforts of life. And even this morning after uh, going through the building and putting the little battery-operated lights in the bathrooms and things, I had just finished doing that. And I walked in the next room, and what did I do? But I turned to flip the light switch on, and nothing happened. And it's just funny how we get so accustomed to that. Um, The Bible talks about light, believe it or not, Uh, and it describes God as such in Psalm 27. I want to invite you to open your Bibles there. We're just going to look at uh, parts of this psalm together, and um, I was kind of doing this for a different reason today, but uh, with all of the events this week, I kind of changed the focus of what I want to emphasize this morning. But here's what Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Light as an image in the Bible is, is something that's intended to point us to the presence of God, not just the presence of light and how darkness is uh, flees from light, but it's the presence of God, a God who guides us and a God who protects us. Even this morning on my way here, I was uh, driving around about 6 a.m. It was still really dark outside. And if you came, um, what is this direction? This way on Tiburon Boulevard, uh, there's a big panel there, a big electronic sign, and it says, uh, if stoplight is out, Uh, treat it like a stop sign. And and I pull up, and I want you to know that I was driving safely and uh, uh, driving by the law, but there are some lawbreakers out there. And as I pulled up to the light, I stopped, and three other cars did not even slow down and just went flying right past that intersection. So if you're driving tonight, be aware. What I was reminded of was how stoplights are both a guiding uh, tool for us in life and a protective tool. Aren't you glad that we don't all bear down on an intersection all at the same time and try to go through it without certain rules that we live by? That's what a stoplight does. Well, when the Bible talks about God being light and the Lord being the light of my life, that's part of what it's trying to communicate is that God is present to guide and to protect. And for the psalmist, he inevitably had in his mind... The, the time of Exodus, and you might remember as the Israelites were led out of captivity in Egypt, um, as they went on their way, they were going uh, to places that they were unfamiliar with, and uh, places that... Uh, There weren't a lot of conveniences in, and so they had to ultimately, in every way, to entrust themselves into the guiding and protective hand of God. And one of the ways God reminded them of His presence was through that pillar of cloud in the daytime, and what was it at night? The pillar of fire, right? It was light. It was literally a burning reminder that God was guiding and protecting them. When the Bible describes God as being our light, we also are to think about a light being that, that thing that eases our fear. It eases our fear. I remember as a kid being so afraid of the dark. And wanting to sleep with doors open and lights on. And uh, still to this day, I don't have a problem falling asleep with light. Um, But I just remember how light would ease my fear. The the psalmist continues in verse 2. He says, When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, and when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. Where is his confidence? It's in the presence of God, the light that eases his fear. And this morning, if you have enemies who are intimidating you, whatever you've identified as your foe of life right now, let the light of God and His presence ease your fear. If there are obstacles in your life, even this morning, that seem so insurmountable, would you allow the light of God and His presence to ease your fear? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The scripture in place, places, another place reminds us that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. We've already prayed for those who are being affected by uh, the Kincaid fire up in Sonoma County. And I know there's been news that have come in since I've been here in this building today and evacuations continue to to expand and uh Many are heading this way. Uh, much of Santa Rosa, as I understand it, is now under an evacuation order. And um, a lot of it is precautionary, of course. But uh, let's just take another moment this morning to pray for those who are affected uh, by uh, these fires. Charlene is here. She was evacuated from Grayton, uh, my friend Charlene. And so um, it is good to worship with you today. Um, so let's offer up another prayer. Of protection, God. We have talked already today about your your presence being a light, and how that light is a guide, a guiding presence, and a protective reality. And we pray today for the families, and the men, the women, the children, uh, the pets that are being affected today because of the wildfire up north. And uh, it's, it feels too close. And yes, alarms and alerts continue to remind us. Um, we thank you, God, that that you are are present uh, with us, and we pray for those who are fleeing homes uh, this morning and last night from Windsor and Healdsburg and Sebastopol and Jenner and um, Santa Rosa and all many other places. We pray, God, for um, for them as they come, that they would look to you as a light of their life, as a guiding hand for them, as a protective reality. We. We pray again, as we already have, for those men and women who are on the front lines fighting the fire, who are serving in the the police forces, uh, the sheriff's officers, deputies, um, as they go into harm's way. We ask your protection over them and clarity and wisdom. We pray for those who are uh, helping at uh, Uh, shelters right now in various uh, community centers and places and ask that you would uh, be an extension, that you would provide them as an extension of your graceful touch into their lives. And we pray that our church and other churches would have wisdom to know um, how we might help um, as needed. And for those that we already have some in our church who are helping even today. And so we uh, pray for your your grace and, and your comfort to be over them. May your light shine. Forward, we pray now. We also want to lift up Stephen Aoki today. As his mother continues to decline in her health, and we ask that you would uphold him and his dad and their family with your strong hand. Thank you for your love and the way that you've encircled this family, and we'll continue to do so. In Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. Amen. Once we are captivated by God, it is His beauty that continues to draw our hearts to Him. I want you to hear what the psalmist continues to say in verse 4. He says, One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I just want to pause there because I, for one, have been so blessed through my life to be around people who have so longed for this. This has been the cry of their heart that that just rings out of their life day after day after day. But there's nothing And you can just tell that there's nothing for them that compares to the wonder of living with and walking with God. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple and to seek him in his temple to gaze upon the beauty of. Of the Lord. Do you know the beauty of the Lord today? Do you think about God's beauty and grace today? About what He's done in Jesus and the offer of life and how lovely uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus is because of what it does for you spiritually with the Lord? But is God really beautiful? Is He really beautiful? I was so disappointed this past week when a pastor in Southern California, when he was offered uh, uh, doing a word association, and uh, many of you have probably heard, and he was given the name Beth Moore, a, a well-known and very good Bible teacher, and his response was, go home. And it was so disappointing to me. and That answer was accompanied by chuckling and applause from the audience. And it was widely viewed as very demeaning to women. And I was so disappointed. Because beyond what one might think the Bible's teaching on women in in ministry or leadership or in teaching, how does a comment like that reflect God's beauty? How does that reflect that life with God is beautiful. For a woman, life with God is beautiful. That How does a comment like that reflect that the beauty of life together with God as brothers and sisters, men and women in God's great community is something beautiful? Is, is a woman inspired to approach God after a comment like that in the spirit of Psalm 27? To want to come into the temple and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord What is it that women actually did in the Bible? When we think about Miriam and Huldah and Deborah and Priscilla and Phoebe and Junia, these were women who taught and led and served and prophesied. It appears to me that some women, in response to this comment, maybe are wondering again, is it better somehow in some way to be a man than it is to be a woman? That saddens me. And to you, sisters in the Lord, I would like to assure you that you are created in the image of God, that you are well loved by God, that you are gifted by God, just like men, that God has gifts for you, that He wants you to share your gifts with the church, with His kingdom. Can you imagine a church without women? Think about it for a minute. Can you imagine a church without women? Man, I don't know if there would be a church if there weren't women. Can you imagine how many children would be so spiritually starved in their homes growing up if it weren't for godly mothers? Dear sisters, you are important and you are valued and you are cherished. In this church, together, men and women, we are called to look at the beauty of God and to rejoice. I pray and hope that we can join the psalmist in saying that one thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not neglect me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. When our desire is to be fixed on the face of the Lord and to behold His glory, to remember that His presence is a guiding and protecting light, we become men and women, we become followers of Jesus who are growing in God. We become men and women who are desiring to be taught and led of God and willing to go wherever He would lead us. But growth requires adjustment in our lives. You cannot grow if there is no adjustment in your life. Growth always requires adjusted thinking. It requires adjusted living. That's the way discipleship is intended to be. Because the the image and the presence and the character of Jesus over time is being shaped in your heart. And so growth will inevitably result in change so that your life increasingly reflects the person of Jesus. And then we wrap up the psalm with these last two verses about confident waiting. Confident waiting. Here's what the scripture says. I am still confident of this. Listen, he's talked about enemies surrounding him. He's talked about these intimidating forces that, that are coming toward him. He's talked about these things that are troubling him and the possibility of going under. But here's what he says. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Sometimes I wonder if in our going for God, we get ahead of God. And there are times I think we are called to wait and to let God fight our battles and and to pray longer in the room of seeking God's face and asking Him to be present in our situations. Maybe it's with an employer or a boss in your workplace Who's intimidating you and, and you, you need to wait on the Lord as as you're seeking action and, and wise decisions. Maybe it's a, a neighbor in your your street that you need a confident waiting that God will move and begin to, to work in this issue. Maybe it's a person in your life who's a skeptic about the Lord, and you need to pray more and longer. Over a longer period of time. I don't mean you need to spend three hours. But you need to think about a longer time horizon of prayer for this person. To continue to pray for them confident. And to be strong. That God will make you strong as you wait upon Him. I love how the psalmist comes. Regardless of what is lined up in front of him. These obstacles that seem insurmountable. He is confident. Not in his own abilities. But in the God who is present. The light of God's presence to guide and to protect him regardless of what is ahead. He will confidently wait and seek the face of the Lord and with God, not ahead of God, but with God, he will step out in faith and take action as God would guide him. As God would guide you, brother, sister in the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Father, may this be true for us today. May we be reminded and to rejoice in the fact that You are the light. It is Your presence. It's not just some some artificial light source that, that illumines darkness. It's Your very presence That gives us confidence. It's it's you and your timetable that calls us to wait sometimes. It is your face that we seek in your temple. And and we do that in our prayer life primarily. And asking you in these obstacles that are insurmountable seemingly. We forget that nothing is impossible with you. And for these foes that that might be uh, coming against us. That seem so intimidating and scary and strong. We forget that with your well-muscled arm that no one trifles with you, living God. And so help us to work with your timetable to wait upon you to be confident in you and to know that you are the light of our life, our stronghold, of whom shall we be afraid? So won't you guide us? Won't you protect us? So that we as your children, we as brothers and sisters in the Lord, might move forward together in confidence, not in our own abilities, but in who you are and what you are doing in the world. So may we be quick and ready to hear and to follow as you would lead. And we pray it now in Jesus' name together. Amen.